Hey, y'all. It's superfan Stefan calling again from Minnesota. Thank you for the moniker uh, bestowed last week, John. I really I really like that. I'm proud to be that you consider me that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm wondering what unrated cuts of horror movies are your favorites? Another one of mine is the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, which to me – uh, improved in every aspect on an already great movie. Uh, the, the gore was much more well done, uh, in addition to some good, uh, kind of character development that it had that the original cut did not. Uh, thank you so much and keep up with the great work. Bye. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, always a pleasure to have our longtime listeners and callers to be bestowed. So we'll do t shirts at some point. We'll have t shirts. <laughs> And when we, someone will, will figure out super fan status. And when someone hits that, we'll send you a t-shirt or something. That sounds like something I can't follow up on or back up in any way, shape or form. Oh uh, the internet will hold you accountable, right? Uh, Theoretically. I don't, I'm, I'm off a lot of it. So, okay. Uh, okay. But favorite unrated cuts. The, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm buying time. I'm struggling to keep my head above water right now. Megan, how about you? I have a lot of them. Am I just doing, I should do one at a time? One. I, w- I would love it if you named a bunch yeah, I think and then I could be like, oh yeah, totally that one. Okay. So I kind <laughs> of expanded beyond just unrated and just kind of like alternate cut, unrated director's cut it. Um, I, uh, this is probably a hot take here, but I, I actually like the director's cut of Alien 3. I think it's a stronger story and a lot of the xenomorph stuff makes way more sense. I think a lot of uh, of the subplot stuff makes more sense in the director's cut. So uh, is it is it strong as the first two? No, but I enjoy it. Um, and The Exorcist, the theatrical version where they like re-released it and added the spider walk and some other things into it. The subliminal subliminal, uh, imagery, real good. Um, Guillermo del Toro, he notoriously had a hard time making Mimic with studio interference. Uh, So if you want to see his more religious, thematic, heavy um, version, I like his cut of Mimic. Army Mm -hmm. of Darkness has multiple cuts, all of them Mm -hmm. gold and all of them vastly different. Obviously, I love the unrated cut of Evil Dead 2013. I like I like director's cuts. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm going to stop there. See, I my problem is with something a question like this is I'm not entirely sure when I've seen a director's mm-hmm. cut and when I've seen the original. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I watch the director's cut not noticing or paying attention if it's on right. Prime or something like that. And I know it calls it out in parentheses usually, but I'm not necessarily paying attention mm-hmm. when I see it. So or I don't I just don't know the difference. Like with The Exorcist, I think is a great example. Like, yes, I've, the crab walk up the stairs and then the, the, the Mr. Howdy or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. his face like popping up. But those, to me, those things are so iconic mm-hmm. that even if I watched the the theatrical version, I might kind of forget and just like think that I saw it in my head. Like, it's just kind of ingrained. Like, yeah, you've seen it so point. many times. You just, they yeah, that it's like, together. oh, maybe I just missed it. Did, yeah. oh, did I go to the bathroom during that part? Or was I, <laughs> did I do something? I don't know. Um, did I stand up while someone was playing piano and <laughs> take yeah. a look on the floor? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe. it happens. We're not maybe. Perfect. Yeah, maybe. You live here. You would a party animal. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Zena? 
you know i'm not gonna lie this movie uh well not this movie the um this question kind of stressed me out a little bit because similar to you john like i i I don't always pay attention but i mean clearly i just watch it i know if they say it in the poster or they say well this is the unrated version i'm like okay you know but it's like you know sometimes when you watch a lot of movies next thing you know it's a blur but i will say this because um I have the DVD of Blu-ray. Well, I don't anymore. It's stuck at my parents' house and I need to get it back. But anyway, with the movie Stay Alive from 2006, mm-hmm. um, and I recently talked about this one or whenever, but basically there's an extra 15 minutes where it is bloody and gory and wonderful. Aww. Mm. Yeah. Also, I know that, you know, he didn't ask this question, but you know what I'm still waiting for? I'm still waiting for that unrated cut of Cursed. Like, I really think that they should just give it to us. Please. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I have what I have an answer for John that I, you know, I'm surprised this isn't his default for everything. But Hell House LLC, the director's cut. You know, that's a completely different conversation altogether. Oh, actually, okay. I, I, th- I think there are pros and cons to both versions. Yeah. Um, there's certain scenes that I like seeing the additional content. Yeah. And there's some of it where I'm like, okay, I could see why they streamlined that. They kind of shifted that around, sped things up. And it's one of those two. I saw the I saw the first one, or I said the original or the theatrical version or the standard version, whatever you want to call it, at least six, eight, ten times before I saw the director's cut. So I watched the director's kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, that's new. Oh, there's a little oh, they're new. hanging the thing and someone walked <laughs> by. And, ah, I get it. But, you know, like to say that it's definitively better, like, n- no, because I like them both. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, in my head, the only movies, I can only think of two movies, honestly, where I definitively know the difference between the director's cut and the standard edition. And one of them is Justice League, and that's because Zack Snyder made a completely different movie. Isn't it, like, twice the length? Yeah, and it's, like, two hours longer. Yeah. And the other one is Blade Runner, because I was a huge Blade Runner fan, and I've seen, like, all the versions, and it's very... And because of all the... the every all the talk behind it, like, which version is definitive, which is better, which is da-da-da. Yes. So, honestly, but honestly, I, I fall into that category so much where I'm, like... I'm not even sure which one <laughs> I saw. Who knows? Yeah. So I'll just agree with all the ones you said, and we'll move <laughs> on to our next question. <laughs> this one we got via text. Hey, hey, guys. The Scream franchise is well known for creating great cold opens. I think Scream 4 may be my favorite of the franchise cold opens. Interesting take. There have been other great cold opens in horror for decades. Some of the standouts to me outside of Scream over the years include 28 Weeks Later. That's that's a good one. Yes, it is. Uh, Friday the 13th, 2009 is a very good yes. one. Yes. Uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. All, all across the board. All wins. There's so many other great ones. I just really set, set the tone and expectations about what you are going into. What do you guys think are some of the best cold opens? And because I have an answer, I'm going first. Okay. <laughs> And I'm just going to throw out the layups. Okay. I personally adore the original Scream's cold open. That's me. It's just where Scream is in my heart and within the franchise. And I think, I mean, like, these are no, there's no hot takes when I'm about to say. Halloween, the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Like, it's just iconic at this point. Whether it makes sense or not, or you want to pick things apart or whatever, doesn't matter. Like, that was, blows everything else out of the water. And Jaws. 
I just rewatched Jaws on a plane this last week, and I, I also stand by that Robert Shaw's speech about the Indianapolis is one of the greatest scenes ever put to film. Really good. Not in the opening, but really good. It's not in the opening, but I'm going <laughs> to... I'm, I'm, we give it I'll, a shout I'll, out. It's, you know what? It's the, it's the beginning, middle, and end for me. I will just watch that scene over, and over. <laughs> over and over. And then I got to say, Ghost Ship. Yes. You just, it's, it just belongs on there. I just watched Ghost Ship again like a week or two ago. I'm like, I got to watch it. It's the open. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'll just keep watching it. <laughs> We're good. Uh, how about you, Zena? I definitely agree with Ghost Ship. I know people who do not like that movie, but they love the opening. So you got to love just, the opening. Yeah. That just proves it. But I'm going to go with It Follows. Um, it Follows. Yeah. That opening. one, like, you know, it's years later, I still think about it. Like, what's the story behind her, you know? And then also, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you didn't say um, John the Ritual because it was just kind of like, it was rough. But the ritual, it, the ritual is almost more painful it open is, but... for me, like, because it's just, it's brutal because the guy's just a dick Yeah, and he's horrible. pushing his friends. They're not in the same place. Mm-hmm. He's that asshole who's dragging them all down. Yeah. And then he's a coward in the face of his friend dying. That's top, spoilers. Go watch the ritual. Come on. Really good movie. But yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you, but for me, it was just more rough, but, um, it, yeah. it left me but, curious. But it's very, but it's amazingly powerful. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a powerful way to present to start a horror movie that's not even technically yeah. about what you see, mm-hmm. but it is. <laughs> yeah, and then just the last one because I recently just rewatched this for a little razzle dazzle. Terrified, I love. Oh the yes, opening. Oh. always and forever. Yes, very magical movie. Megan. Hey, Megan. Um. Well, I have Ghost Ship on my list as well. So go us. Yeah. Dark Trio approved opening there. Yeah. Um, the Conjuring, because it's mm. a cold open, literally created a spinoff franchise. Yeah. Uh, the Stepfather, the original 1987, mm-hmm. that oh, opening so is so creepy and so good at setting the stage. I feel like that's the only blood, the real blood the movie has. Um, mm-hmm. So they use that well. And then one that is a huge favorite, kind of like terrified in the sense it's a rare cold open that legit terrifies me. When a stranger calls back the sequel. Oh, yeah. That that whole opening sequence is like an urban legend nightmare that is so well done that it's kind of like Ghost Ship and that the rest of the movie isn't nearly as thrilling as that opening. But I love you anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to do two more. Okay. Even though that was okay. a really great segue. <laughs> normally, normally that's a kind of segue that I hold on to really hard and then drive into the next part. Wow. But uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a classic open with yeah. uh, Dan Aykroyd yeah. and um, uh, Albert. Uh, or um, He's such a good actor. It's so mean that I don't remember his name. Anyway. Um, and then The Ring. Like, The Ring, the open to The Ring is... Very classic, very like, what the hell is going on? Like, that's such a great setup. And it could have been just a short movie in itself. And yeah, fantastic. And here's a little more clumsy transition. Speaking of fantastic, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, Infant Love for the Genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. And quick apology that we didn't let everybody know that we weren't recording an episode last week. I know that uh, I was going to try and remember, and then I didn't. And then I shrugged. Then and I moved shrugged. On. Did you Because I knew us? we were going to record. 
Yeah. Did you guys miss us? I missed I missed Zena and Megan. I hope you guys did too. Oh. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So I'm going to start. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Right. Cool. Because at first, normally, normally you go, oh, well, I'm going to start with Zena. And I was going to say, please, God, no, I need some time. I don't know what's going to you know but then you did it so it's and i wanted to save our listeners from all of that so they didn't have to hear any of that they like hearing it uh i'm gonna start out with uh xena's pick for me from two weeks ago which is 2018's monster party on tubi three young thieves infiltrate a malibu dinner party one trying to save his father from a lone shark the others trying to make a life for their unborn child Little do they know the danger they've just walked into. I actually wrote that. Oh, I did yeah. not give me a synopsis. <laughs> uh, why this one, Zena? Because I loved Lance Reddick. You know? uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's just, oh, he was so amazing. Um, and then also, it just, when I remember when I first watched it, it just felt so fresh. You know, that was a mm. little twist that I didn't see coming. And yeah, just, I just thought it was a good time. My only issue with the movie, and again, and I love Lance Reddick too. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he's, I, I loved him so much in Fringe. Yeah. Like I love Fringe was a great show, but Lance Reddick, like every time he was on screen, like the 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 gravitas that that man had was unbelievable. Uh, my only issue is maybe it's because I just watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies too. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm kind of tired of watching rich people be assholes. <laughs> It's fun, <laughs> like I know rich people are assholes <laughs> and like yes there's comeuppance and uh, I don't, like it, it was a little bit like yeah I want bad things to happen to you faster mm-hmm. like, make them happen faster I, I was uh, I did think it was it was just a f- weird mix of funny and dark yeah Almost unintentionally, because it was more like the reactions that one character in particular has to the horrible things that are happening are like, you're, oh, you're pretty chill about all this, actually. Yeah. Like, you, you're just kind of carrying on with, I know that things are getting pretty twisted for you down the line by the end of the movie, but it's like, wow, you're you're handling this okay. Mm-hmm. You're doing all right, aren't you? You've seen some stuff in your life, I'm thinking. Uh, it, it was an interesting twist on the home invasion aspect, almost like the don't breathe aspect of things like you went into the wrong house yeah sort of thing and just the general concept of it all i think i would have liked to have seen i i think the disconnect that i had I, I didn't feel much connection to the characters themselves and mm-hmm. i'm intentionally not telling people yeah what the twist of the movie is like what the hook of it is you find out very soon quickly. enough and frankly if you watch the trailer mm-hmm. you will yeah so don't. but i'm gonna leave that yeah so i'm gonna <laughs> leave that up to you to go watch the trailer it said i just didn't feel a connection to the people that much mm-hmm. like there was a little bit of backstory set up but it's like okay you're still thieves like you're, right. you're you're just picking a nice reason for me to support thieves and the actual the hook of the dinner party i would like to have seen more of that like what where did they come from like what, or just something, some little mm-hmm. nod to, and this is how I met you and stuff like that. Like there, there would have been like little things that would have kind of helped me connect because 
you know, with the exception of Lance Reddick, they're just, they're, they're horrible, rich white people. And there was like four characters. I couldn't tell the difference between which one was which <laughs> at one point. I'm like, I'm not sure who's doing a thing right now. I, he's an asshole, but I don't know which one. <laughs> so like a little bit more of that would have been helpful. But otherwise, yeah, it was just kind of a fun little twisted, weird thing. And and if you miss Lance Reddick, go watch some John Wick movies, sure. go watch Fringe, and go watch Monster Party. <laughs> I will say, though, like, I, I think that the characters, and you, you said it already, I'm pretty sure the characters, you were not supposed to like them. Like, they, oh, yeah. yeah, they painted a picture trying to give a sob story, but it's just kind of like, even the opening scene, you already yeah. see what they're about. And another actress that I really like, I really love Robin Tooney. So to yeah, see I her, yeah, I, I think she's just incredible. But yeah, just to yeah. see her in, in this type of role and like she kept her cool the whole time. And like, um, I don't know, I like the the buildup and I don't remember the director's name, but he always has like a, with his movies, they always have like a little, even though they like horror, there's like an action tone to mm-hmm. it because he directed this other movie called Drifter. That's not straight horror, but okay. All right, that's a rabbit hole, rabbit hole, but yeah. <laughs> No, that's, that was a good point with Robin Tooney, like extra props to her. Yeah. Like she's actually portrays the most emotion by far in this movie. Like just preparing for the dinner party, like just watching her face, mm-hmm. like the excited, scared, sad, yeah, she was terrified, like not it. sure, just a <laughs> mess. She's just a mess, which was perfect for her character. And then... I watched 2023's Horror in the High Desert 2 Minerva on which I rented on VOD. It was like a buck 99 for a standard definition or something. In 2018, a string of tragedies unfolded in northeastern Nevada. A woman was found dead and another would vanish along the same stretch of remote highway. Could these events be linked to the 2017 disappearance of outdoorsman Gary Hinge? All right, Megan, why this one? Why not? I feel like it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty obvious. Um, but I also wanted to know if you find it as scary as Twitter seems to find it. Mm, interesting. Uh, so I will. I had a few things about this movie. One, I got hung up on Minerva because that was actually the name of a project I was working on before I left my day job. Oh, wow. Like, Minerva, how is this associated with my job? <laughs> Uh, it's a person's name, spoilers. And the other part was uh, it almost felt like a completely different movie from the first one. Like, it's very strange. It's only very loosely connected. Mm-hmm. It is. But I was literally, I, I hadn't seen the first one in a while. Mm-hmm. So I wa- I rented this and I watched it and I was pretty confused. Okay about what was happening. So I went back and I watched the original on Tubi and then I watched this one again. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, so what what this is for people who might have seen or who have seen Horror in the High Desert and they haven't seen this one, go into this as world building. They're building the world of like this location and kind of this place. You're not getting an extenuation of the first movie, which is a really bold take because the first movie ends with like uh, these captions saying, and filmmakers believe they found the answer. We will release the truth in 2022 mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we get this. And this is not that. This is not the answer to the first one, which they kind of set up a third one, which I'm guessing is going to kind of pull it all together. 
All that said, as a standalone, this is a great found footage movie. Like, this is really, really strong. And the scares themselves, for me, are right in my wheelhouse. I love it. People who like classic creepypastas like um, normal, porn for, normal Porn for Normal People or Stinson Beach or Butcher Face, which are like some, these classic no-sleep stories. And, these and are great titles. <laughs> oh, they are. And they're fantastic stories. Normal Porn for Normal People is one of my all-time favorite creepypastas. Uh, but like, so it, it, it has that very classic feel because there's like some VHS recordings that are first person, but you're not, and you're hearing these weird sounds and you're not quite sure what you're looking at. And then like, who's that woman? What's happening over there? Like what, wait, what, why is that? Like, it's very, it's just a lot of questions. Can, can I ask if you get pulled into the scares and the format that you, or do you ever get pulled out of it? Like I, for example, mm. there is, this is doc pseudo documentary format right it, yep. it's like you're yep. watching an unexplained mystery kind of unfold and so some of the talking heads in this like there's the crazy neighbor guy who just yeah. talks about hearing an owl and goes outside to throw a rock at the tree it's in what uh-huh. yeah i was so distracted by this guy that he became a whole separate i i like somebody explain him to me. I need a bio. Do a whole fake Blair Witch style website with this person. Cause that's a character. Yes. So that guy was weird. The way I kind of interpreted the neighbor character is Minerva, who is kind of the point of this documentary for like half of it. Yeah. You know, which it's not all about this woman. It's just kind of about the things that kind of happen in this area. It's about horror in the high desert. It's horror in the high <laughs> desert. And it's more that she mentions this crazy neighbor that talked to her. Yeah. So I think the filmmaker's like, well, let's show the crazy neighbor and show he's not crazy. He's just a little bit weird because he lives out there by himself. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's more the point that like he isn't a part of this. No, but I I was just I could not get over if I hear an owl in a tree, my first instinct is to not go <laughs> throw rocks outside it seems like a weird thing to, to do when you live out in the desert and yeah you're just, there's random wildlife so, yeah i'm just curious the if you final... ever get distracted by that type of thing or if it's just me i am totally yeah you know i watch so much found footage and pseudo documentary stuff that i'm kind of used to you characters like that by happening the characters. yeah okay i was really more kind of interested in seeing where it was going and there is definitely some night vision pov yeah. that happens within this a lot that's of creepy very stuff. very effective very it's, creepy yeah. stuff yeah Okay, so and you guys way... are saying that I should watch it. Yeah, it's yes. really okay. short too. Really short. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like it's like seventy-five minutes, minutes yeah. or something. Yeah, and you don't need to watch the first one. Okay, like uh, you can, but I honestly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline any questions you have watching the second one aren't going to be answered by the first one. It's just kind of this place in the high desert. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really like it as a standalone film. I'm curious to see what universe they're building Mm -hmm. with all this. Uh, but I was very 
their the the filmmaking choices they had about focus and like what do you see and what don't you see i think was excellent i it really worked for me it, it was created some brilliant tension um again i was just more confused i just needed two watches because i'm like i don't are we going to talk about Gary? Like what happened to him? We, no, no. Okay. We're going to talk about something else. All right. All right. Gary. So yeah, I was a little confused by all that, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's totally worth the rent. I recommend it. Good deal. How about you, Megan? Well, uh, not to derail with a slight bit of, I guess, self-promotion, but I run self-promote self-promote i run bloody disgusting's newsletter which goes out every thursday and if you are a subscriber i predicted this um (laughs) i i laid out what i thought a24 was going to do in terms of an april fool's prank and it came to pass (laughs) so alamo draft house announced the week before so not last week but the week before that um they were doing at select Alamo draft house locations. They were going to screen a midsummer director's cut in tying with Stefan's question there from the top, but uh-huh. they were, they were going to be screening uh, midsummer, the director's cut. Then uh, you get a, a tiny little sample of Bo's afraid. If you attended the things that that were cluing me in that this was going to be an April fool's gag is, you know, it was food and beverage was going to be included in this ticket price. And mm-hmm. it was sponsored by MW, which is the fictional company within Bo is afraid. So like, certain, holy crap, certain <laughs> things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, this isn't going to be midsummer. The director's cut, is it? no. So they, right before it was set to begin, they had Ari Aster simulcast. He was in the Brooklyn location. So all of the theaters had had him simulcast. And Joaquin Phoenix was there and they were like, you know, surprise, you're seeing Bo is Afraid, the first huh. audience to ever see it. So I saw Bo is nice. Afraid. Um, awesome. Which is three hours long, the the length of Midsummer, the director's cut. Um, so this is it stars Joaquin Phoenix. Obviously, it is uh, about Bo. He learns that his mother has died. Uh, even though he was very, he's very anxious. He's he's on. He sees a therapist. He's on prescription meds. Doesn't really want to go home, but now he has to because mom died. Um, so he faces his fears and embarks on this bizarre Freudian odyssey. Um, back home. This is not horror, but there's a lot of horror in it um, mm-hmm. because it is from Ari Aster, who cannot just do a simple dark comedy. It is <laughs> it is bizarre. I have seen imagery in this movie that I don't think I will ever see again. Uh, very Freudian. Very. It's it's like literally. I do not envy the person who has to. categorize the genre of this movie because it is everything it is violent it is darkly funny it goes off into some really nice kind of fantasy um very violent sometimes a lot of horror moments so it's literally Hmm. it's it's a genre bender it's not it's definitely such an interesting surreal almost experimental type journey that it's 100% gonna be probably his most divisive yet um which meant that i loved it clearly (laughs) so yeah that was that was a good time a very i i like this type of april fool's joke or april fool's prank (laughs) like more of this give me happy surprises um 
And then other than that, I have been uh, playing Resident Evil 4, the remake that just released. I'm playing it on PlayStation 5, but it's on like Xbox and Steam and all of your usual suspects. And that is it's a remake of the 2005 game. And the plot is uh, U.S. agent Leon Kennedy. He gets sent overseas to rescue the president's daughter from the mysterious Los Illuminados cults. And this game is terrifying. I feel like most horror games are terrifying because you're immersed in the terror. But yeah, the new graphics and they've given some like new updates to the gameplay, which means that a lot of the stuff that wasn't scary then is a lot scarier now. Like a suit of armor isn't scary, but when you can't fight back, except you just shine a light, like a lantern on them and they freeze and then they chase you the moment you turn around. Like that's intense. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. All right, Zena, what have you been up to? I checked out Calvair, a.k.a. The Ordeal on 2000. And it's from 2004 on DVD because sadly it is not streaming anywhere. Um, That's crazy. So basically a few days before Christmas, a traveling entertainer is stuck in a nightfall um, in a remote, woody, swampy region and when his van breaks down. And then this old man, he's, you know, looking for his lost dog. He decides to you know, take him in and stuff. But yeah, I recently talked about this movie on TikTok. Um, I was talking about movies that make my armpits sweaty. And oh, this, yeah. I yeah, like that video. <laughs> this one is one of them. I mean, completely soiled. So I only watched this movie twice. The first time when it first came, <laughs> the, whatever. Okay, we all sweat. The first completely time when it first soiled. soiled. <laughs> yeah, that word soiled fun. But no, yeah, I, I watched it. <laughs> and this is the time of the the podcast where John starts sweating. <laughs> Every week, we now know that John Every gets week. completely yeah, soiled. You get soiled. Oh god! Gosh, take sometimes a shower that happens to this. me when we have to like play like trivia games. Oh god! <laughs> Please, God! I was literally just talking about this to somebody last week. Oh my gosh! I it's horrible. I can't. Like I was trying to play pun, like Monopoly with my niece this past weekend and. You know, oh she's starting to, and oh I got God. overwhelmed in my properties. Yeah. So, my yeah, properties. I just... Trace Thurman of the, the Horror Queers podcast asked, like, how you do with video games. Because he's like, maybe we should invite her to play Mario Party. <laughs> I'm like, Trace, oh she, can't, she can't even do uh, horror movie trivia without getting <laughs> really anxious. So, I'm not sure that's going to work out for you. Yeah, like, remember when we played The Last of Us? I was so Among stressed. Us. Among, Among us. us. Among Us. Oh, my gosh. Among Us? Yeah. Oh, that my was... God. That's so Please. different than The Last of I Us. Know. It has <laughs> us in it, though. Same and, thing. And, and, yes, yes. And the way but, yeah. she threw me under the bus for that because... out, of, out of fear. Yeah. I was so scared. Like, oh, my God. You know how, like, little kids, like, you know, sometimes they just like lie and stuff. I just couldn't do it. Like it's just I I get so overwhelmed. So, but yeah, <sighs> this is the the movie that does that. And the first time I watched it, it was like in the early two thousands, like around the time when it first was released. And then I recently watched it again last week because I watched it with my boo. And yeah, mm. so basically, you feel so bad for this guy. Like he is just stuck in this gloomy, grim town and. It's just one of the most disturbing movies that I've ever seen. Um, and it's like, I even though it's like, it's like very much like a French movie, you know, like their extremity type of movies and everything. But for me, there was just something about it. Like 
for years, it just kind of like stuck with me. And this is also the type of movie where it's like, I don't know if I can recommend it, but if you want to experience something like this, check it out. Um, if you want your pits to be sweaty for some reason, I never intentionally <laughs> go into a movie wanting, oh, I want my armpits to be, no, I, I really don't, you know, but yeah, if you want, you could check it out. I know that you'll, it, you can easily find like the, the DVD, like on eBay or even like Amazon prime for a couple of do- dollars or whatever. Oh, I'm trying to see you guys through tears right now. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. Okay. But yeah, then the- <laughs> <laughs> the other movie I checked out, um, I watched The Harbinger from 2022 um, from, uh, from, I was going to say 2022 again, but it's on Tubi. There are two movies called The Harbinger that came out mm. in 2022, but this one is directed by Andy Mitten. Monique ventures out of quarantine to visit an old friend who's plagued by nightmares. She finds herself drawn into a hellish dreamscape where she must face her greatest fear or risk having Uh, never existing at all so hands down this is probably one of the best indie movies i've ever checked out i love yeah i absolutely love indie horror and this movie like creeps me out i found myself still thinking about it i first watched it a couple of weeks ago but i decided to like you know razzle dazzle and rewatch it again and i really love the director andy mitten i watched some of his previous stuff and i you know his stuff to me is always on point but he really knows how to create fear with a very limited budget and he showcased like true loneliness um especially during quarantine in this movie you know so yeah um it's one of uh it's like one of these movies again where it's like the imagery i feel like is pretty creepy um i love like the storyline you basically have this one woman who's having nightmares and she's unable to wake up from it really so then she calls a friend and then somehow they both start having these weird dreams and it's just creepy like so it's like the dream is are like you can get infected you know type of thing so that's pretty creepy stuff you know but yeah and the dream world is really like awesome and i will say this like i we talked about the movie come true i feel Mm -hmm. like you know sometimes when you watch like horror movies or just movies in general and they'll showcase like a dream world sometimes it doesn't they don't always they're not able to always capture it but i feel like he captured it perfectly and this is not really a spoiler because it is on the cover you know and it is in the trailer so basically something or some something, I don't even know what to call it. It's like this demonic presence, but it mm-hmm. takes the form of a plague doctor. And uh. the way that thing just pops up in the night and daylight, you know, it's just, it's, it's very, very creepy. So yeah, if you love uh, slow burns with, you know, high tension type of stuff, I highly recommend checking out this one. I feel like it's a very smart story and it's just very creepy. Awesome. All right, before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I watched 2018's Monster Party on Tubi and 2023's Horror in the High Desert 2 Minerva on VOD. I watched Bo is Afraid, which hits theaters on April 14th, and I played Resident Evil 4, which is out now on your platform of choice. I checked out Calvert, a.k.a. The Ordeal on DVD and The Harbinger from 2022, directed by Andy Mitten on Tubi. Nice. All right. So Miami Vice has been released again on Tubi. So I need help to not keep watching Miami Vice. So Megan, what am I watching for next week? Um, I feel like maybe you need a horror fairy tale in your life. Um, have oh. you seen The Company of Wolves? I have not. On Shutter. And Yuzina? 
Okay, how about you get something a little demon-y? Have you seen Sorry About the Demon? I have not. Okay, it is available on Shudder. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's Heather Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's been going on, Megan? Stuff that makes Xena and me happy, clearly. Uh, the first <laughs> the first season of 30 Coins came out uh, in 2020 on HBO Max. And uh, finally, season two finally. is coming. Finally. Thank God. For real. We have been waiting since 2020. So long. Um, the official HBO Max account in Spain shared a new trailer for season two on Twitter last week. Uh, the announcement, it coincided that it's going to be released on HBO Max just in time for the Halloween season. Uh, that's not just Spain. It was the, the Spanish account that tweeted this, but uh, the showrunner confirmed this will also be stateside. Um, directed and co-written by acclaimed horror master Alex de, de la Iglesia, who did The Day of the Beast. That was one of John's earlier homework assignments um, in our attempts to make him love holiday horror. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, HBO Max's 30 Coins takes viewers into a world where nothing is as it seems and nobody can be trusted. The eight episode, it's only eight episodes. Watch it. Um, but the eight episode first season follows Father Vergara, an exorcist, a boxer, an ex-convict. He's all of these things. He's multifaceted. Uh, he's exiled by the church as the priest of a remote town in Spain. As his past and old enemies come back to haunt him, strange things begin to happen. An unlikely task force forms as Mayor Paco and a local vet, Elena, seek the truth, while reality is distorted by a cursed coin, which is at the heart of a global conspiracy. So the trailer gives you a look. Uh, you can watch it either on Twitter or over at Bloody Disgusting. It gives us a look at a lot of the crazy, zany, supernatural stuff that'll be coming Coming up, uh, new demonic entities. This series is impeccable for coming up with some truly unique demon designs. And Paul Giamatti will be in it, in case you, you know, need oh. need a extra incentive there. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. And um, we've talked about this show, so this is more Xena and I's news. Have you watched Marianne yet, John? Nope. We should oh, assign man. it. I know, for real. Like, split the episodes up. Right. <laughs> assign. Watch the first two episodes. Well, I'm going to save that. You don't have to this week. But it's coming, John. It's coming. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why you should watch 30 Coins. Because Marianne was amazing, and it didn't get enough uh, attention. Therefore, it never got renewed for season two. So... Boo for that, but I mm -hmm. guess the the upside is that uh, creator Samuel Bowden will return to the genre with Lion Gate horror movie Cobweb, and they have dated a release for that. It is going to be arriving in theaters on July 21st, 2023. I feel like that's a really good sign to uh, have a summer theatrical release. This one, yes. it stars Lizzie Kaplan and the boys, Anthony Starr. He is terrifying in The Boys. He's Homelander. Um, they're going <laughs> to leave the cast. And uh, it, the plot, it it's, follows an eight-year-old boy, Peter. He's plagued by a mysterious constant tap-tap from inside his bedroom wall, a tapping that his parents insist is all his imagination. As Peter's fear intensifies, he believes that his parents could be hiding a terrible, dangerous secret and questions their trust. And for a child, what could be more frightening than that? Um, and then here's here, this one surprises me. I 
Of all the remakes, this wasn't on my bingo card. A remake of Witchboard from Dream Warriors and the Blob director Chuck Russell has come up several times over the years. I guess he's wanted to remake this. Uh, now it's finally happening. John's face is so perplexed by that but, statement. Listen, that movie is sure. so good, though. I love the first one, and I love the sequel. S- I, so I'm, I'm Same. Same. That was like, both of those were slumber party staples for me growing up. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. But this one is going to star Jamie Campbell Bower, who played Vecna in season four of Stranger Things. He's going to be in it. I don't know what he's going to, who he's going to play. Russell will direct. He co-wrote the script with Greg McKay. Uh, And writer-director Kevin S. Tennies, who did Xena's favorite movie, Night of the Demons. Um, So Tennies' original movie had friends playing with the Ouija board, late night party, they unleash a demonic spirit. The plot synopsis for the remake reads a little differently. So Emily, her fiancé Christian, and a group of their friends open an organic cafe refurbishing an old carriage house in New Orleans in the French Quarter. Uh, But a darkness descends over Emily when she discovers an ancient pendulum board once used to summon spirits. Christian seeks help for Emily from occult expert Alexander Baptist. But Baptist has secrets of his own, knowing the fateful bloodlines that binds them all to the witch board. A modern covered... A modern coven of white witches, a masked ball at Baptiste's mansion, and the legacy of the Naga Soth, the queen of witches, are all part of a dangerous game that puts Emily's very soul at risk. So it basically sounds completely different. It does, but I mean, there's witches. So... <laughs> and, and a witch board. It's a yes. <laughs> all right, listeners, your turn. What were your slumber party or sleepover go-tos? You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number's also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? I hope that you guys are subscribed to Screenbox, and let me tell you why. On Tuesday the 4th, by the time this movie, well, this movie, by the time this episode comes out, the we doc are with Chucky will be available. We are a cinematic experience. (laughs) So filmmaker Kira Elise Gardner explores the enduring um, appeal of the Child Place Place franchise and its iconic killer doll, Chucky. Then on Thursday the 6th, we have Godless, the Eastfield Exorcism. This will be available on VOD. A woman is tormented and torn between science and faith, pushed by her husband to seek treatment from a congregation of zealots. I cannot talk today. A ruthless exorcist will try to save her save her soul by putting an innocent woman through hell then we have on friday we have a couple of movies coming our way first up on vod we have you're killing me this one follows eden who goes on a heaven goes to a heaven and hell um, party hoping to get a letter of recommendation to a university from one of the wealthy parents of one of her classmates but the party quickly turns into a fight for her life type of situation then we have Family Dinner. Um, this is another one that will be available on Screenbox. An overweight teenager spends the holidays at her aunt's farm in hopes of getting or getting help to lose weight. But soon after, the, after her arrival, she begins to suspect that something is very much wrong with this place. Then we also have Summoning Sylvia. This will be available on VOD. A gay bachelor party turns spooky when a sinister spirits are suddenly summoned. Then on Friday... Not Friday, Tuesday. I lied. On Tuesday the 11th, 
We have Cube. Uh, this would be also another one that's hitting Screenbox. So this. Oh, that's another one with a great cold open too. Yeah, but this one is actually uh, the Japanese remake of the 1997 uh, version. Yeah, we might have an awesome cold open. I, Go I, see for yourself on Screenbox. That's why you need to sign up. You know, <laughs> see. But yeah, a mysterious cube. Six men and women are suddenly trapped in a cube. It's unclear where this is, why they are trapped, whether there is an exit, whether they can survive, or what the room even is. Then also on Tuesday the 11th, we have Scare Package 2, Rad Chaz Revenge. It will be available on DVD and Blu-ray. And then also Infinity Pool, which we recently did a deep dive on this one. It's on episode 125, so you should listen. And that's yeah. the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or I lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy, where we may or may not be slowly being stalked and killed at summer camp. Yay, creep away camp. Yay. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be Disgusting Pod. Drop us an email at Be Disgusting Podcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. Hi, Megan. <laughs> I'm Zena. I was going to say oh, I'm soiled, but that's gross. So I didn't. I'm <laughs> <laughs> she may or may not be completely uh... soiled at this point. It's Monday. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure your couch isn't soiled. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm done. (laughs) 